You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. As we're getting you ready for today's action, Tuesday the 29th, baseball games, news and notes, crazy stuff going on today, and we will cover it all. Fascinating moves that no one talked about, no one projected just happened today out of nowhere and you're like damn that's interesting we will cover that for you but we have a fantastic show as the pitching ninja is going to be by we haven't had the pitching ninja in a while It was good to talk to him we taped it earlier today uh our analytics guru our national baseball columnist eno saris is going to be here as my thing's loading. What time? What are, what are our times? Uh, 4.30 for the Ninja, uh, 5.30 Eno Saris live at Oracle Park today for a Reds Giants is what he's taking in. Reds Gigantes as that's a huge series. Giants won last night. Because both those guys are taking on water, and you need to stay in route. By the way, I'm going Link Soul shirt and Link Soul hat today. Like, I could go out and play golf right now. Looks like it. I got the Link Soul shirt on. It's hard to see over the big three, but. Well, the big three are there. So, before we get into this big news, I almost feel vindicated. Almost. I, did, I, I have to say this. I've made a promise to myself, a promise to our A's Clubhouse fan base, which you can call tonight, 833-625-2278. I have made a promise that I will not get angry for the, for the rest of the season. That no need at this point to have any feathers ruffled. We are where we are. It is what it, it, is, what it is. We are not going to get angry about anything, not on this show, not on the Ace Clubhouse show. At this point, it'd just be more honest. So mark the tape from here on out, starting last night in the postgame show. I stopped keeping score last night of the game. I got my scorebook right here. 
Uh, down seven, nothing, uh, six, nothing. I just, I stopped. I'll still keep score, but I'm not, I was done. 14th shutout of the year, done. No more getting angry. There's no reason. Is there any reason to get angry from here on out? Probably not. Unless like young guys aren't playing and, you know, in place but what's of, that? It's not going to be healthy. It's yeah. not going to be healthy. I it's mean, al- I can't believe it's almost September already. 38 and 94. What do you, I mean, you're now going to get angry? 30 games left. There's 30 games left? We're, we're, at one, we're at 132 right now. But where I feel vindicated, and I want everybody to know, there's one note that came out today that put the biggest smile on my face. In a year that there's not a whole lot to really hang your hat on or be right on or be wrong on, it's just, it's just awful. This note came out, and I went, when you hear this note, I want you for the rest of the year to listen closely to everything that you're going to hear and everything you're going to read. Because now everybody is going to talk about the young guys. It's about the young guys. Oh, they're playing a lot of young guys. Oh, look how young the lineup is. Young guys, young guys, young guys, blame it on the young guys because that's easy. Chalk, as we like to say. Everybody's going chalk. And trust me, I am doing this today in my hit with Ken Korak because he's one of the violators. No, I'm going to go young. Oh, I got a young lineup. Okay. Let's just look at that. A's rookies versus non-rookies. Is this, is this a fair comparison? Uh, yes, I saw the note, too. Is it fair? Yeah. Okay. A's rookies have been superior to non-A's rookies in numbers. Let me say that again. As we keep hearing people try and sell us, that the A's are so young and they're playing rookies. The rookies have been way better than the non-rookies. A's rookies this year are hitting 237. A's non-rookies are hitting 216. And you've got a way bigger amount of plate appearances for non-rookies versus rookies. So the rookies have a way higher batting way higher batting average than your veteran guys. How about slug? You like slug? Slugging percentage? Have yeah. you heard of it? Slug. A's rookies are slugging 380 while non-rookies are slugging 358. Is that a pretty big difference? I think so, yeah. So the rookies got a way bigger difference in batting average and slug. So they're hitting better and they're hitting better for more power. You ready for war? I can't wait for this one. Wow. (laughs) War. A's rookies, war is 4.1. A's non-rookies, 1.5. There you have it. Now, is that B war? Is that F war? I don't know which war. I just know it's war. Was it good for? Nothing. I was going to see. Who. So there you go, folks. 
when you hear these guys trying to sell you, well, you know, it's going to be tough because we're playing all the young guys. Well, the rookies have been better than the non-rookies. The numbers prove it. Instead of just saying all the non-rookies, hey, they're not very good. The rookies have been better than the non-rookies. Ryan Noda, Este Ruiz, Zach Geloff, Tyler Soderstrom, even when he was here, wasn't that great, but he's one of the rookies. Jordan Diaz still considered a rookie? I, I don't know. Because I was thinking about him, too. Like, does he still count as a as a rookie? Let's see when his rookie status went away. Um, still intact through 2023, so he's included. Jordan Diaz. Who, I mean, stop selling me the problem. Well, your excuses that you're trying to sell now is we're, we're playing a bunch of rookies. We're, no, we're not playing that. No, no, no. They have been statistically way better than your non-rookies. It's actually pretty incredible that because of how many got how many times we've seen the older guys get at bats where they're young guys like Jordan Diaz sitting on the bench and Soders from getting off days and Lawrence Butler could be included. I know he's small. Oh yeah, LB's in there now. Small sample size, but he's included. He's included. They're all included. Like even guys like Jonah uh, Jonah Bride, Bride and Cody Thomas are probably Jonah Bride can't be considered really because he was up last year. So was so was Jordan Diaz though. Uh, let's see. When, let's see when Bride's rookie status went away. That leadoff hitter, Jonah Bride. Jonah Bride. Oh, he got past it last year, so he doesn't count. How about Cody Thomas? Cody Thomas, still a rookie. He didn't help much on that. But anyway, are you hearing that from anybody? Where have you heard that? I didn't know till today. Haven't seen it. No one's had it on Twitter. No one's had it on the gram. If anybody is out there trying to sell you that thirty-eight ninety-four is because of the rookies or playing all these rookies, go. Um, the statistics, the statistics don't back what you're saying. Said it yesterday. The manager and the voice of the team, Ken Korak, interviewing Mark Kotze. Well, all the young, all the rookies. Well, guys, you're wrong. Kotze is wrong. Korak's wrong. Everybody, you're wrong. You're wrong. And this is why I've said play the young guys. Play the rookies. Bring them all up. Nick Allen. Where's Nick Allen on that? Well, I think he might have he might have played enough games that he's already passed. He would it. still count to this because he was still a rookie at some point during the season. He's uh, got to. Nope. He was a rookie. He wasn't a rookie after last year. After exceeded, last year? Yeah, he exceeded his limits last oh, year. Then he wasn't helping the non-rookie numbers. No, no. But that's all your Jesus Aguilar, Jordan Diaz, I mean, uh, Letmus Diaz, Jace Peterson. We go down the line, all your veteran guys, Jonah Bride. You want to play Ramon Laureano? Tony Kemp, Seth Brown. Seth Brown in, in, in August has one home run. One home run. One. One. 77, 76 at-bats, one home run. The only position players I'm looking at on here that Jace actually had a 0.4 war, so it wasn't negative. But, like, uh, Langoliers, according to baseball reference, is a 0.9 war, and Brent Rooker is a 1.3. But everyone else is like, those. I'm looking at the top 12 guys. That includes pitchers. The top top three, two of the top three are rookies. It's Ryan Noda's war is 2.1, I believe. 
and Zach Geloff is at 1.6. Yep. So stop selling me the rookies are a problem. The rookies technically have kind of carried you when you look at the numbers. That's just the truth. Vindication. Bring them up. Bring up the young guys. I mean, at some point, yeah, you're going to see Harris, hopefully, Hernays. Got to see him, right? Is there anyone else down there? uh... Whoever you want to bring up, bring them up. I'm just trying to think if there's any outfield or anyone. I don't think we'll see Denzel Clark this year, but. No. I don't know if reports on him are all that great. I know he's super athletic and he could be something really, really special. But I've heard he struggles with hitting the fastball. I don't have any numbers based on that. I was told that by a scout that has seen him, that he struggles with that. And if you struggle hitting a fastball, you, I mean, you should be able to attack the fastball. Um, before we get to this big news, I saw something last night. Get done with postgame. Go for my walk. I saw something that I thought was great. If you've been following Colorado, not the Rockies, not the Avalanche, that would be your Colorado Buffaloes. Oh, not no no love for the NBA champion Denver Nuggets. They're Denver, not Colorado. Oh. They're oh, Denver's team. That's okay. Fair. I was thinking about this too. If you could re, if you could go back in time and go back to a franchise and rebrand them again to what they used to be, which franchise would you do it to? I know who I would do it to. If you could go back in time and you could change it. I'd have to think more on it. Like, would you go back to the Devil Rays? It's a good one. Um, oh, you're going back to okay, names, too. I would love to see the Marlins go back to their old uniforms. Florida Marlins. Would you Marlins. want them to go back to the Florida Marlins? See, for me. Their winners is the Florida Marlins. To me, I think the, the great state of California, the Golden State, we were cheated out of our franchise, the California Angels. I want the California Angels back. Disney came in and ruined it with the Anaheim Angels and they had the wings. It was all because of Angels in the outfield. Which, by the way, there was a funny thing on Twitter. Which manager would you save? Like classic movie and TV managers. Um, guy from Bull Durham. Uh, Walter Matthau and uh, uh, Bad News Bears. I didn't realize Danny Glover was the manager of the Angels in Angels in the Outfield. I, I don't want to say it, but I will. I've never seen the movie. Oh, wow. The other ones I have, yes. I've never seen Angels in the Alpha. The I know man- Danny Glover was in it. The old guy looks like a walrus. He was the manager for uh, um, Redford. Oh, the natural. The natural, that old guy. Wait, you didn't have uh, – why am I drawing a blank? Well, you're not, uh, you don't have Lou on there from Major League? Lou Brown? Lou Brown's on there. Lou Brown. I'm saving Lou Brown 10 out of 10 times. Uh, there was another one. Keanu Reeves was a baseball oh, manager. Yeah, what it, the hell movie um, was that? He was, in the, he was in the movie Hardball. It was like the early 2000s. It was, a pretty good, it was more about him like being a manager of a, um, a team in like the inner city. So was it, it, Did he, not see it. Yeah, it was, I think uh, – what was her name? Um, Di- Diane Lane, I think, was in it as well. She was like the, the squeeze, the love crush. I'm just saying, if I could bring back a franchise – the great state of California lost so much when we lost the California Angels. Can you include Art Howe in there? It's a baseball movie. 
What, Moneyball? Yeah. He wasn't in there, but yeah, I mean, I guess you good. <laughs> Sorry. Who's the, the kid that the was – The late Philip Seymour Hoffman. What was, what, what was the movie with the kid who was managing the Twins? Oh, um, uh, Rookie – no, uh, Little Big League. He he was on there. Yeah. Even the, what about the guy for Rookie of the Year? Razen, Razen Boozer. I'm saving Danny Glover and the California Angels. <laughs> Danny Glover. And I, I was like, that's right. He was the manager in that movie. An old teammate of mine was in that movie. Um, There's a couple young actors. They were young actors then, like younger kids who are now act- Was it Ryan Gosling was in it? There, or no, it was um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. California Angels. Getting back to my point. So last night, <laughs> I'm on YouTube and guess who showed up to uh, Buffalo's, I guess they wouldn't call it training camp in college, whatever the hell they call it in college. Practice. Talk about practice. Guess who showed up to practice? I know the answer already. Who? Michael Irvin. The great Michael Irvin. He was in the news yesterday for something unrelated to Colorado, though. Please tell me he didn't get arrested. No. Okay. He, he pretty much said that receivers should learn how to catch the ball with their body and not their hands, and Richard Sherman this, it was all over X, formerly known as Twitter, that he was like, you don't teach receivers to catch with your body. You teach them to catch with your hands. Yeah, you always teach to catch yeah, with your Michael hands. Michael Irvin said, no, catch with your body now because your hands are like, so you want – and Richard Sherman's like lost his mind. And then T.O. Uh, so T.O. was like, yeah, I agree. A guy that scored more touchdowns than Michael Irvin and I've heard the other uh, analysts, is he goes, I agree with Sherm. You catch the ball with your hands. Uh, everyone, cool. Everyone's mad at Michael Irvin. Yeah, great. <laughs> so Michael Irvin shows up. And gives a speech to these kids. And I'm listening to the speech. And we always try and say that football's different from all the other sports. But I love what he had. Like, he's like talking to these kids. And it's so true what he said. It's on YouTube. It's really good. There's a lot of things that he said. But the one thing about, listen, look at the guys around you. You're not going to do it without the guys around you. This is not an individual sport. The guys around you, everybody has to be committed. Everybody's got to do their job. And he goes on and on and on. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, damn right, Michael Irvin, you're right. And you know what? We don't talk about that in baseball until we get to postseason time. Teams are winning. We're dumping champagne and beers all over each other. That's when we talk team. During the regular season, we talk individual stats. Everybody's stats, individuals. You are not going to win unless everybody is pulling their weight. You may get away with a couple guys who struggle. You 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 release them, trade them, move guys in. But if the bulk of your roster is not doing their jobs and the teams aren't coming together as a team and functioning as a unit, you will not win. Doesn't matter how much money you spend. It doesn't matter who the names are on the back of the jerseys. And it's been proven this year. It's been proven with the Mets, the Padres, the Yankees. It doesn't matter. You've got to have the team play well together. We'll judge these guys individually on statistics. But that is just individuals, and that doesn't win games. We try and figure out every single way to tell you why one individual is good. But how do they all fit together? How does the puzzle fit together? The puzzle has to fit for you to win games. These young guys, these rookies for the A's, these guys are the future. 
if they work, we're in good shape. If they don't work, we're screwed. It's the way it works. And we focus so much on individual statistics and analytics that the group has to come together and perform together. It's a performance. And how do you do every – there's 162. How many times do you play well, win games? We'll add it up, and that's your record, and they'll decide whether you're in the postseason or not. I mean, I was reading something in, in these notes today. The Padres have the best have the best ERA for National League starters. That's great. Congratulations. You've got the best ERA for National League starters. What's their record? They win last night? Yeah. So they're 62 and 70 now. Hmm. It's awesome. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They got NL favorite, NL Young favorite, potentially Blake Snell. That's awesome. Who has as many, who has leads the league in Hey, have you seen, I, I can read it to you. I can tell you what the Yankees do with Aaron Judge in the lineup. You want to hear? Of course that's in there. Of course it is. I can tell you exact. You put Aaron Judge in the lineup, man. This guy. They are 39 and 37 when he's in the lineup. When he's not in the lineup, they're 24 and 31. Isn't that awesome? One guy. You're one guy. That's go get him. They'll do the Angels. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. Matt Steinmetz. It's a joke. You got to play well as a team. That's why I think it's so funny. And Steve Sparks has said that on our program where he goes, what does he like about the postseason? Because now everybody's playing as a team. Because now you're not worried about your statistics, contracts, all that kind of I'm now really playing for us instead of me. I'm really playing for us. And I just wonder, when you look at the Mariners right now, who are not even the hottest team, still the Dodgers are the hottest team. When you look at the Astros, when you look at the Dodgers, when you look at the Mariners, when you start to look at the teams, you want to go in to that clubhouse and figure out why. Are they playing for us and not for me? Can you sense that? I guarantee if you walked into that Mariners clubhouse right now, it's a band of brothers. It's a band of brothers. It's not me. It's a band of it's us. It's us. We're in this journey together. We're a group. As Tori Lovello talked about love and trust and family and all that kind of, I bet the Mariners got that right now. They look like it. Go out, go look at the Chicago White Sox. My God. God, more bad plays last night. Who are they? They're a bunch of guys who are getting on a plane and flying around and collecting a check. That's what we need to figure out. Because we will for our buddy Eno Saris today. He came out with an article. About luck. <laughs> About luck. Um, we're going to compare it to an Indiana Jones movie. You just wait. <laughs> Oh, God, I love him. Dun, 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 dun. Indiana Jones, always searching for the Holy Grail. What happened when he found the Ark? Not good things happened when he found the Ark. Not good things happened when he found the Holy Grail. I mean, when he found the Ark, people's faces started melting <laughs> off. That didn't seem like such a great idea after all, did it? Well, uh, the Temple of Doom was good, but he wasn't really looking for anything. And then, obviously, the... Last one, the last Temple question. of Doom, he was, it was those rocks, right? Yeah, I can't even say the last one because they're now on, like, the fifth one. So, the third one with uh, the great late uh, the great late Sean Connery. 
the last crusade when he found the Holy Grail. How'd that work out? What happened on that? Um, spoiler for no one's ever seen it. Um, hey, you, there's no uh, time has time's elapsed on that one. Yeah. No more spoiler alerts. Uh, he finds the Grail and it helps save his dad, but you can't take the Grail past like a certain threshold, and then the whole cavern started collapsing. Of and course, all it never works out the way you think it's going to work out. It's interesting because like the first one, it's like a, it's like an article on the Athletic. <laughs> You read an article in The Athletic, and the, the title says they have the answer, and by the time you read the 18 pages, they don't have the answer. That's why it's like articles in The Athletic are like an uh, Indiana Jones movie. We will make that comparison today. We'll see how Eno, if Eno agrees or not. I'm, I'm curious to see his response to that. Should what? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, you're, you're going to say something, uh, including something for Eno. I was going to say, should we get into the big moves that happened before we get to the ninja? I don't think they're as big as your. I, 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 the more I think about it, I think you've oversold me on this. Because I think I know why the moves were made. But go ahead. Well, according to Jeff Pass. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying with Michael Irvin? Yes. We, we don't focus enough on, okay, the team. The us, the we, the wins, the, how do we work together? That's how you win games, right? Talent, of course. But just throwing a bunch of talent in there, if it doesn't work together, you're not going to win. That's not luck. And that's why we keep talking about why the Dodgers got the secret sauce. I don't know if you know this, but we're sitting here talking about the Mariners. And, yes, the Mariners have been great. But I was looking up uh, the Dodgers stuff today in the notes, and the Dodgers have just been killing people. Aren't they t- like 22-4 and four in August? Uh, where's my Dodger? Now? Where the hell are they? Where are they? Here's the A's. Dodgers are 22-4 and four in August and can become the fifth team in the last 40 seasons. What do you think of that? The last 40 seasons with 23 games, win 23 games in a calendar month. The last team to do it was Cleveland back in September of 2017-25. That had to be during their their winning streak. They won 22 then, 22 in a row. The Dodgers on Tuesday can match a franchise record with their 13th consecutive winning season. 13 straight seasons of being over 500. The Yankees, you want to get rid of Brian Cashman. Uh, The Yankees have a record 30 consecutive winning seasons. 30 straight years of being over 500. 30 Straight years. I was just being a New Yorker, panicking after one bad season. Even though I'm not a New Yorker, I'm just panicking like New York does. All right. Cardinals are the next closest at 15. Well, it seems like both of those are going to come to an end this year. But that's really impressive. Dodgers, 13 straight years, over 500. Clayton Kershaw, by the way, can tie Don, Don Drysdale tonight. 209 wins. Second most in franchise history. Only behind, as you said, former A, Don Sutton. It's true. The Hall of Famer with 233. Kershaw, by the way, 5-0 with a 1.40 ERA 
in eight starts since early June. The, the only thing you need to know about Don Sutton is he threw a Ray Fossey in an old-timers game. That's all you need and to know. And it was know. like 10 years after they were like done. It, was like, <laughs> it wasn't like it was just after. But that goes back to yesterday we talked about the ecosystem. There's something about the Dodgers, right, that they kind of pulled back a little bit on spending, let young guys come up. I mean, there's something there. They got something. But Michael Irvin was right. And, I, you know, years ago they did that, uh, actually on the White Sox, they did that kind of like a d- documentary type. What was it like six or seven shows they did on MLB Network when Kenny Williams back then, because he was hot, they had won a World Series, and he had talked to everybody about pulling on the same rope. Everybody's got to be pulling on the same rope. I love that analogy. Because it's true. We all got to be rowing in the same direction. We all got to be pulling on the same rope. Well, everybody's got to be the the goal has to be what? To win. To win what? To win the championship. And the minute people start straying from that, that's bad news. You got to look around. You got to look around your clubhouse. Are we all in this thing doing the same thing together? Because right now certain teams are. Dodgers are. Mariners are. It's very obvious. But we do have big news. Maybe. It'll just depend. But I know I'm gonna tell you after why this happened. Go ahead. Real quick, Dodgers over the last four years are eighty six and twenty three in August. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. That's uh that's pretty good if you're if you're the Dodgers. Um, I remember one time they had a span for there were fifty games that are forty three and seven. I think those years that Puig first debuted, they were unbelievable. But they'll be that jerk. Though. They've only won one World Series. It doesn't even count. It was the it was a Mickey Mouse trophy. I don't know. I'd rather win every year. I, I, I like winning every year. Uh, you speak- know what? If my team, the A's, had 13 straight years over 500, a World Series championship, a ba- battle to play for it every year, it's a fight, man. It's a fight. No fighter has won every fight, at least modern-day fighter. You're going to get in the ring, and there's going to be guys that are going to knock your ass out, and you're going to knock their ass out. But at least you're in the fight. I want to be in the fight. Dodgers are in the fight every year. Astros are in the fight every year. The Yankees, they've been in the fight every year. That's what you want to be. That's what you got to strive to be, the guy who's in it to fight every year. You 49er fans, some of you may be too young, but you got to realize, what was it? How many years was it? 14, 15 years that they won at least 10 games a year? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it 15? They made the playoffs like 14 out of 15 years, and the only year they missed the playoffs one year when they won 10 games. Go look at their record. They won 10 games for how many straight years? Uh, It started in 1983. They won from 83 until through 1998. They won at least 10 games. How many years is that? Um, So that would be one, two, three, four. 16. 16 straight years of winning 10 games. And every year, except the one year you don't make the playoffs, you got a chance at the Super Bowl. Is that, why, is that not what you want? Is that not what the Warriors are doing right now? Warriors got a chance. They're getting older. Other teams are getting better. You know, they're not the defending champs. But they're going to have a shot. Isn't that what you want? A long period of time where you got a chance to be in the fight. And everybody's got a puncher's chance now, the way we've set it up. Just give me a chance. That's all I want. 
I got. I have respect for that. I have respect for every year your team goes to spring training, training camp, whatever your sport is, and I got a chance. Sharks were in the playoffs twenty something years. They had a chance every year. Never brought it home, but at least they had a chance. They played one. And there's always going to be the a-holes are going to be like, yeah, you didn't win. But it's not until you fall off the map that people start to appreciate the runs. Like, you start to appreciate. I mean, how many people went, oh, you, we only were a wild card team? Winning 97 games two straight years is a lot of games. The A's won a lot of games two straight years. And what was our – whatever our record was in the 60-game COVID, we were – projected to win like 97 98 again yeah that's a lot of wins man it's a lot of wins i'd take 97 wins again i'd take that i'd take 97 wins in just a wild card game you're damn right i'd take that versus 30 30 what what 38 and 94 you're damn right i'd take that i'd take that and run you offer me that right now i'm taking it all righty, give us that news. Sharks have been around, by the way, 32 years. They've missed the playoffs 10 out of 32. That's that, it. Yeah, any good? That's pretty impressive. For, you know, no one thought hockey would work. Patrick Marlowe, by the way, I saw him Costco. He's not, he works for the team now. Patty Marlowe. He's a dev- The uh, one on Almaden Expressway. I saw Patrick Marlowe said hello to him. He's a development coach, I believe, now with the Sharks. Good thing they brought him Years back. ago, he doesn't remember. I used to party with him. Well, he remembers that through my relationship with Jeff Friesen. But, uh, yeah. Back in the day, Patty Marlowe. So the moves that happened today, speaking of – maybe later we can get into the uh, the MVP talk about how Fre- Freeman and Bats and all those guys. Do you know who the favorite is now according to MGM? Mookie. Mookie. We can get into that. I looked up – I did the research. I know you, you, you are all in on this home runs and stolen bases by Ronald Acuna Jr. Could be the first guy to ever have 30-60. That's, is that more important than Mookie? I mean, Mookie's pretty good. He plays good defense. So too. now you're going to tell me Freddie Freeman stinks? 50 doubles, 10 away from setting the How record. about Matt Olson? Stacked lineup. Matt Olson is on pace for 87 extra base hits. How many Braves have ever done that? Can you name them? I don't think you can. Chipper Jones. 87 exactly. How many guys are there? I said two. Oh, so Chipper and come on, that's Henry easy. Aaron. Yeah, oh, you didn't think I'd get it. I didn't think. Well, I didn't think. Oh, I thought you were going to throw out Rick, Dale Murphy, Jeff Blauser, <laughs> JD Drew, <laughs> JD Drew, Ronnie Gant. No, it's not Ron Gant. Um, God, think about those old Braves. Pendleton. Gene Garber. That's I'm talking about the old, the old like Javi Lopez, the old like '80s Braves that were on TBS that were terrible, but you watched them just because they were the only game on them and W, WGN. God, who they have? Gene Garber, Sid Bream ever on those team? Bream was a Brave uh, after because remember he was a Pirate at first or before he went to the Braves. I thought I'm just gonna go to uh, before you 1985 Atlanta. Braves. This is young Chris Townsend. Oh, they only won 66 games. That's Yeah, good. they were terrible. Well, Del Murphy was on the team, so right. Yeah, Glenn Hubbard is who I, the great Bob Horner, Ken Oberkfell, Dale Murphy, 
Claudel Washington. These guys were terrible. Who's our best pitcher? Uh, Rick Mailer. Steve Bedrosian, who became a bank robber or something like that. He's in jail. <laughs> Zane Smith, the lefty. Pasquale Perez, who was a nut job. Rick Camp. Oh, Terry Forster. I played with his nephew. That was the 80s. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I sidetracked this. Okay, all right. This so is big news. From Jeff Passan uh, and Ken Rosenthal with the l- l- names on the list after. The Los Angeles Angels, remember, they won all in at the deadline. They wanted the win this year for Shohei. They placed Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, and uh, Hunter Renfro and Randall Gritchick all on waivers. And then some of the other names were mentioned. Josh Donaldson was released earlier today. That was JD. Um, Harrison Bader, Mets right-handed pitcher Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, who just pitched against the A's with the White Sox, and Jose Cin- uh, Cisnero all have been placed on waivers. And it goes in reverse order of the winning, so the A's technically would have the first claim on any of these guys. So those are the guys released today, according to Rosenthal and Jeff Passan. All I, of them are free H's after the season. I already told you who I'd go after. You remember? Wasn't one of the, wasn't it Lopez or Moore? Noah Syndergaard, oh, bring oh, Thor yeah. to oh, Oakland. Yeah. Would you rather have him or Giolito? Giolito makes about $10 million, so we're not. We only paid his last month, though. That's still going to be a lot of money. <laughs> we are not paying that guy. Thor costs nothing. Uh, the Angels are doing it. It's actually smart. I don't know which CBT level they're at, the luxury tax. See, I don't think people think about this, but what they're doing is they're going to get under because it doesn't matter until the end of the season. So by getting rid of these guys, they're going to get a whatever tax they're at, they're going to get under. So it's actually a very savvy move because what people are thinking about right now is you gave up all those players to get these guys. How stupid is that? Well, in the end, by making these moves, you're going to get under whatever level they're at. Now that saves you money. You're trying to re-sign Otani. If Otani leaves, you now have – think about that. Think about if you're the Angels and Otani leaves. Well, you were talking about how great he was, and this guy's a unicorn. Well, now he's just a hitter. Great hitter, but he's just a hitter. You free up a lot of money, once again, to go buy a bunch of puzzle pieces because right now everybody likes to talk about our, our guys. Our guy Dan O'Dowd has coined the aircraft carrier, which is like the most important part of your Navy is your aircraft carriers. So, great players as aircraft carriers. How many aircraft carriers do you want? How many do you need? Do you need more destroyers? Do you need more different smaller boats? You need some aircraft carriers, but what do you put around? You need some subs. Having too many aircraft carriers may not be a great thing. You only need so many if you're talking about in baseball terms. So if Otani leaves, think about the money you were budgeting for Otani. You can go out and spend on a bunch of different guys. That's, you know, if just the, I mean, I I hope the Angels stink forever. But you could look at it from a smart baseball side as, hey, let's just go get a bunch of good players. Right? Like, even, even though I can't stand the Giants, Giants don't have an aircraft carrier. 
don't know a guy making over 20. So they're winning games. Go get a bunch of guys. I mean, who's the aircraft carrier? I guess you could say J-Rod. I mean, Julio. But he's like a brand-new aircraft carrier that just got out into the water. Who else would be an aircraft carrier for the Mariners? Mm, I gotta look None. up. I gotta look up the contracts for Castillo and Robbie Ray. Castillo's only making like well, he's, Robbie, he's under twenty. Well, yeah. So, well, so is Robbie Ray, but I think um, you gotta be under. You gotta be over twenty. To over be twenty, yeah. Robbie, and I don't even think Julio's making twenty this year. His deal was five for one fifteen. So yeah, that's not twenty. What's Julio making this year? Oh, hold, hold on. I was looking at Robbie Ray, but he's not even pitching. Robbie Ray's out. Yeah, he's having Tommy John. I was trying to see what his salary. Yeah, Tommy John. That's a shocker. Yeah. Oh, his salary sure is twenty one. So Robbie Ray's an aircraft carrier. Well, he's out, so he doesn't count. That's probably why he wasn't. Oh well, I don't know. They included Steven Strasburg on the Nationals. Um, remember his deal's all. It's like Fernando Tatis has to start making like thirty million dollars until he's like twenty nine years old. Uh, J Rod this year is making. Six point one million. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Mariners don't even have an aircraft carrier. He doesn't make twenty million until twenty twenty five. So they don't have an aircraft carrier. Yeah, I think what I saw was uh, eight. Eight of the thirty teams don't even have don't have a guy. Any guys making twenty million? Eight of the thirty. Yeah. Well, we, one of them's a Giants. Hey, we've got Trevor May. Okay, we're two of them. There were another one. <laughs> Remember, what was it? Forty percent of our payroll was invested in four guys. There are thirteen teams with a two hundred million dollar payroll. Four of the six teams with the highest payrolls in baseball that are committed to aircraft carriers. I did the research. They're not in the playoffs. Wait, what? Four of the six teams with the air. I think I took a picture of it. Teams have aircraft carriers. Uh, four of the six. That are means not- you got to make over twenty a year. Correct. Um, where was it at? Um, yeah. Um, Yankees, not in. Mets, not in. Padres, not in. Uh, Angels, not in. Nationals, not in. So how many do the Mets have? Um, the Mets, according to this, oh, they, oh that was Super Carrier. Uh, well, the Mets. <laughs> you got a the, Super Carrier. The Super Carrier with the guys, our guys make over <laughs> $27 million. The Mets have oh, three okay. of them. If you look at the Super Carriers. But is that still counting Scherzer and, and, yeah. and Verlander? Yes, yeah. that still has to count even though they've been moved on. If you look at the, the Super Carriers, the Angels, not in. Yankees, not in. Uh, they both oh, they both have three each. Mets, three, not in. Uh, Rangers are in. Nationals, not in. Dodgers, in. So, I guess I did off the Super Carriers. Sorry. And quickly for all our friends on YouTube who think they know but they really don't know, give me the attendance that goes with these Super Carriers. Because uh, okay. we are told that you got to sign players, got to sign stars to have attendance. Angels have three super uh, super carriers. That's twenty seven mil or more. Okay, um, that's forty one point six forty one point six percent of their payroll. They're eleventh in attendance. Okay, so they're not top ten. Uh, Yankees they have three super carriers. That's thirty four point four percent of their payroll. They're second in attendance. Okay, uh, the Mets three of them. I don't think you can do. I don't think. Any, I think it's getting to a point, and it doesn't get brought up enough, that we cannot compare cities that have 8 million or more people just in city limits to cities that have nowhere even near close to that. It's just not – forget apples to apples. It's a ridiculous – like a city that has 400,000 people in it, you can't compare them to a city that has – Eight million people in it. 
Yeah, I agree. That's ridiculous. We're just talking in city limits, right? I'm not talking county. I don't talk counties around it. I'm talking in your city limits. How do you compare New York City to Tampa? How do you compare Oakland to Los Angeles? Pittsburgh to Chicago. I mean, L.A. has more people in it than the entire Bay Area counties, right? There were like seven, right? They got what? How many people are in Los Angeles, California? Population, hold on. Population, Los Angeles. Oh, wait a minute. I'm totally wrong. It says it's only 3.8 million. That's from 2021. They haven't received the new data. Oh, it's New York that's 8 million. Anyway, okay, so almost foot. That was so let's say four million. How do you compare four million to four hundred? It's not fair. So next next team on the list, the Mets, they have three super carriers. Ah, this is where I was going. Wait a minute, I knew I wasn't insane. I knew I wasn't insane. Los Angeles County, nine point eight million. It's a lot of people. Los Angeles I knew I wasn't. Just crazy. round out the ten. I knew I wasn't crazy. I'm like, I know that Los Angeles County has 9.83 million in 2021. Let's go to Alameda County because that is what the A's are in. 1.649. So A's County, and I know there's other counties, but there's other counties around LA. LA's County is nine million nine point eight three million. A's is 1.64. How are you even? You can't, like, the humanity around the Dodgers is insane. So, the Mets. All right. Three super carriers. Remember, 27 mil or more. 32% of their payroll. They're 12th in attendance. Well, they're in New York. How come the Yankees are two and they're 12th? If you have superstars, supposedly people show up. Yeah, that's uh, not the case. Rangers have two super carriers. That's 29.8% of their payroll. They're 15th. And they have a brand new stadium. They're 15th in attendance? Yeah. Wait a minute. They've been in first place. They got they're spending big money and they got a new building and they're fifteenth in attendance. Yeah. I was looking at the attendance earlier. Uh Nationals have well, this is including Strasburg. This isn't fair. It's why I don't talk attendance, because you can poke holes in anybody's arguments when it comes to attendance. We'll leave the Nationals in anyway. One guy, twenty five and a half percent of their payroll is Strasburg. They're twenty third in attendance. And okay. then the Dodgers, they have two. 23.6% of their payroll. Their Let me guess. They're one. They're one. But four of those six They're teams, always one. Four of those six. It doesn't matter what's going on with them. There's one. They can have Frank McCourt. Everybody can hate the owner, and they're number one. Yeah. Four of those six aren't in the playoffs. Remember Frank McCourt? Remember what a bozo Frank McCourt was? Yes. Using How'd they do in attendance? They're always number one. Or if not, they're number two. Well, they got in their county, in Los Angeles County, they got 9.83 million people can potentially come to a game, and they're not that far away. Yeah, they average like $47 million a, a game. 47000 a game. Who Who is the smallest city in Major League Baseball? Probably Milwaukee. Like, how can you compare Milwaukee to Los Angeles County? Like, Los Angeles has 4 million people. The county's well, got almost 10. Milwaukee or Tampa, probably. I don't know how big St. Petersburg is, but. Oh, St. Petersburg. So this is what I was looking at. And And everybody's there is retired. And we will get to the pitching ninja shortly. Teams with the most aircraft carriers, that's players make $20 Yankees have six. They're not in the playoffs. 
Mets have five. They're not in the playoffs. Phillies have five. They are in. Padres have five. They're nowhere close. Dodgers, four. They're in. Blue Jays, four. They're in. So three of the three of the six are not in the playoffs. Who are the four? So you got Mookie, you got Freddie, you got Kershaw's not making over 20 still, is he? He yeah, dropped he down. He does. I thought he dropped down. He does. And um, who are we forgetting on their team that makes over 20? And was there any, any any other other starters? I don't have any other starters. They're all hurt. How much is J.D. Martinez making? No There's way is he making. making 20. Yeah. Is he? Will Smith, I mean. Will Smith? Which Will Smith? Uh, the Dodgers catcher. Oh, the catcher? Oh, Kershaw's making exactly 20. See, last year he made 17. I thought he went. Kershaw used to make 31. He's uh, taking a pay cut. Wow. Well, according to uh, Cott's contracts. <laughs> Freeman, Mookie Kershaw, and the great Jason Hayward. Yeah, but they're not paying that. Well, they have it on their payroll, though. It's twenty-two million. So there's their four. That's the four guys. No way. He was released. But his contract was through twenty twenty-three. That's fine. He's getting paid. That doesn't mean I they're. Don't, I don't know. That's what they have it on here as. So that's what. Uh, that's what baseball or uh, MLB Network had on MLB Now. They had. The Dodgers have four. And you mentioned the Angels, by the way, with their CBT. Their 40-man CBT right now, this is updated a couple of days ago, is at 241.7. The CBT is is 233 million, so they will most likely be under it. Yeah, that's the whole reason they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, Hayward's still making 21.28. Yeah, the Dodgers are paying him 720. You're, you're misinformation. I'm giving you the exact graphic that MLB now had on. Los Angeles Dodgers hey. are paying seven hundred and twenty thousand for him. The Cubs are paying twenty one point two million. I know Cost Contracts is telling me he's twenty two million. I'm I'm just reading the data. Wow. <laughs> Don't trust see? Statistics lie and liars use statistics. It is it is fascinating to see these teams spend so much money and lose. Because last year, <laughs> last year's teams who all spent money did well. Most of the teams in the playoffs spent money. Yeah, uh, they had it. I don't think I copied it down. So it's year to year. It's it, it can be. Yeah, top the top five teams in payroll made the playoffs last year, and seven of the top nine made it overall. What time is Eno? Oh, we got time. All right, we got to get to our our buddy, the pitching ninja. Maybe take a break first. Pay some bills. All right, pitching ninja, super carriers. By the way, this super carrier thing's great. Really looking at it. Well, Eric, remember aircraft carries twenty, and then super carries twenty-seven. Well, they found out the Gerald Art Four yeah. <laughs> Super super, uh, super Aircraft Carrier is thirteen billion dollars. Yeah, I gotta even look up what is a su- aircraft carrier on steroids. Well, we pay for that. Well, I wonder where they keep Taxpayer. that. I wonder where we keep that. How at. big is that? Have you ever seen an? Air- I've been on an aircraft carrier before. I've only They're seen massive. The- They're like their own city. I've only re- I got. We can find. Out. I'll look in the break where it's stationed. Super carriers and the ninja next, right here on Ace Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I got to admit, it'd be pretty awesome to be a like an admiral in the United States Navy. Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Jonathan Greener said of the Ger- Ger- Gerald R. Ford, former president, and College Football Hall of Famer. What school? Gerald Ford, former president of the United States, was a great college football player. He's in the, and the only reason he didn't play in the pros is because pro football was nothing back then. Give me the conference. It was looked down upon. To, I mean, you, you weren't making any money. Back then, people didn't go to, there was, there was no NFL. You don't know where Gerald, President Ford played college football? He's a legend. He was a beast. What conference? I'm not going to tell you. I feel like it's Tennessee. He's a Michigan man. He was a Wolverine. I actually have documents on the other side of this wall from the Secret Service thanking my father. When my father ran... The Andy Williams Golf Tournament in San Diego, you now know as the Farmers Insurance Open. And multiple times, Gerald Ford came and played in it. My dad had to do all the arrangements with the Secret Service. And I have certificates and letters written from the United States Secret Service thanking my father. That's pretty awesome, actually. Gerald Ford. And by the way, Gerald Ford was awful at golf, and he loved it. But all he did was hit people. He hit people like every hole. He was shanking it all over the place. But when you're the former... Right, so, uh, Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Jonathan Greenert said, she is truly a technological marvel, this new supercarrier. Can accomplish 25 more percent aircraft launches. So, off the deck, 25 more percent can launch planes and requires 25% less crew members. And over the next 40 years, an operational cost alone will save about $4 billion. Bigger and better will save money. I did not know this. See what MLB Network can teach you or or lead you to the path? Supercarrier. I didn't even know there was a supercarrier. Never even heard of it. Do you know Ronald Reagan was the voice of the Cubs? Yes, because I was just at the uh, Reagan Library in uh, Simi Valley. As we're keeping it with former U.S. presidents. Uh, I, went, I went on Air Force One. If you ever get a chance, and I didn't realize, I knew it was down there somewhere. It's on, uh, But uh, Simi Valley is the Reagan Ranch and the library. They've got, they got seven different presidents rode on this Air Force One. It was... Ford, 
Carter. Carter. Clinton. Reagan. Bush. Bush. Clinton. Bush. Obama. Bush. No, Obama came after Bush. Yes. I think Bush was, I think Obama was the last one to ride on it. How so many was that? Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, seven. Might have been Nixon, too, oh. so it might have been eight. But, like, eight different presidents were on this. So I was in the tricky-dicky. Oh. That would be this. Or when, cause I, I, I am not a That's where I'm walking off the airplane. I've always been like. But you go on it. It's 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 so literally they had to like Boeing had to like put it in pieces and take it up in Simi Valley, and then they built the whole thing around. They re put the plane back together, and then they built the whole thing around it. It's amazing. You're walking on air an old Air Force One. It's awesome. If you ever get a chance, you're in Simi Valley, Ventura County, also which you would call Dodger territory. They get all those people too. I think they get slower. My wife's family, they're all big Dodgers. It's a fans. joke. The Dodgers' territory is a joke. We're worried about their territory. People are worried about, oh, the Giants. You're worried about the Dodgers' territory? Their county alone, they got 10 million people. Yeah. And we're worried about their territory? Unbelievable. All right, the Pitching Ninja, he joined me earlier today on A's Cast Live. Always a special treat to have the Pitching Ninja on A's Cast Live. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? We're going ninja to ninja. I busted I up my ninja it. hat today. Yeah, we are. That is, fa- it looks great on you, by the way. I think it's. I, I, you really got maybe the coolest logo in sports. Like this is, this has gotten to be so great. It's almost like a team needs to pay you and adopt it as their logo. They really should. Yeah, I mean, pay me a lot is what they should do. Absolutely. <laughs> sure, you want to be the San Antonio Ninjas? No problem. Step I want right up, baby. Yeah, step right up. So, how are you doing? How's life? How's business? It is busy, man. It is. Uh, we're coming down the stretch. Got a lot of. There's a lot of baseball. I get worn out every day. It's a lot of games. Well, you're watching a lot of pitching, and at this time of the year. We start to notice some things. It's called fatigue. It's been a long grind. That's why they call this the dog days, because you started in spring training. You've gone through so much. April, May, June, July, August now. It's been a lot of flights. It's been a lot of hotel rooms. It's so rough on you physically and maybe even tougher mentally as you're grinding so much. Do you start to see this at this time of the year, a little fatigue in pitchers? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think some guys are less sharp. Other guys are just coming into their own, too. And don't forget, there are guys that played in WBC, too. That, yeah. It, I mean, that, that was really, really high-level baseball for a short period of time, and then you're coming back to earth and then have to build up again for the season. It's a lot, and I think we ignore it sometimes. Like, it's these humans get worn down. All right. Uh, one of the things I want to get into with you today is the sweeper because I work with some old baseball people who obviously want to view the game differently than some of us view it today. And they're like, don't tell me that a sweeper is a new pitch. It's just a flat slider. I'm not going to tell you which A's great gets pissed when I bring up the sweeper. But I'm just going to tell you when I go, well, it's a sweeper. That's not a sweeper. So tell me truly, is there a difference between a slider and a sweeper? 
There absolutely is. And I'm not saying, look, number one, it's not necessarily a new pitch. There are guys that have thrown sweepers, mostly inadvertently over the years. Like you have a Dave Steve who had a big, you know, a sweeping slider. But recently we've been, we've been able to break down why the pitch moves the way it does because of the way the seams rotate through the air. And you can actually make the ball move more horizontally than down. And usually most people think of a slider as something that would have more gyro bullet spin and break more straight down. That's what we would call a traditional slider. As you get more, it's 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 kind of a scientific principle that makes the ball move that way. Some people lucked into it over the years, but now we can teach more and more pitchers to do it. And some guys throw both. So like you have to have a name for it. I understand that people don't like change. I get that. <laughs> but but you have like you have a two seamer and a sinker, right? Like a you can throw both of them on two seams, but a, a sinker will take will tend to go more down. A two-seamer, you can throw it a front hip and break over the plate or back door. It's horizontal movement. We call those two different things. You wouldn't call a two-seamer that breaks horizontally a sinker because it really it doesn't sink. So the idea, I had this discussion with Sonny Gray, for example, and he got it. He was like, oh yeah, just like my two-seamer, I don't call it a sinker because I want it to break horizontally. So all we're doing is naming something that we've now been able to develop more and more. More pitchers do it because we now know why it does what it does. But it's not new. Like a square like a square is a rectangle, right? But it's a special rectangle. You know, four sides and all that. The only thing that scares me about the sweeper, and, and thinking back to my pitching days, is I know that a flat slider gets hit harder than any other pitch. It just screams hit me. Trust me, I threw a ton of them. So I'm worried. I get that sweeper coming horizontally, but it's not getting in or getting to where I want it to go. If that thing's hanging over the middle of the plate, we got problems. There's going to be like danger, danger, danger signs going off. Oh, and you're not wrong about that. I mean, and the other thing is just because it's new doesn't mean everybody should throw it. There are guys that have tried to throw it. Yeah. I mean, I I talked to Josh Hader and he had – developed a sweeper and then scrapped it because he wanted more of a bullet spin, less break because you can control it better. It works better with his fastball. There's more deception. So, you know, just because it's a trendy thing doesn't mean everybody's got to add a, a sweeper because if they do, they might, it might get hammered. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. No way. Yeah. Just because everybody wants to play basketball like Michael Jordan or play <laughs> golf like Tiger Woods doesn't mean you can. And I, I, I remember back to the late eighties and Roger Craig, everybody wanted the split finger, split finger. Yeah. Well, I got small, I got small hands. It doesn't work for me. I'm just throwing that thing in the dirt over and over again. My, I was better with the circle change. I mean, just cause a lot of people are doing it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You nailed it because that's the other thing is some people can throw a good circle change that they can pronate. Other guys can't pronate very well. So you recommend them maybe a splitter and the splitter is becoming more in vogue. I would say that's got a chance at being even a bigger pitch than the sweeper. You know, it's not a new pitch, but guys really want to develop splitters. Now you saw what, what team Japan did in the world baseball classic, every one of them threw splitters. And we're seeing more and more guys. Logan Gilbert developed a splitter. George Kirby developed a splitter. You're seeing more and more guys develop it because it works. Like, it, that is a nasty yeah. pitch. It looks like a fastball and dives. You know, my generation, they wanted us to dig so far in, right? 
And I think that's why it didn't work for me. And you could feel it in your elbow. You don't have to dig all the way in. I mean, if you're just looking at a fastball and you split your fingers a little bit, that's all you need to do is it's disruption of timing. It's just, it looks like a fastball drops a little bit. That is the key to the pitch instead of what they wanted, the old fork ball and get your hands at. You don't have to get it all the way. So young pitchers, it's just a little bit of change on your grip. You don't have to dig it all the way in there. I think that was the problem that we looked at in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, you have a guy like Juan Duran for the Twins who throws a splinker, which is a combination of a splitter and a sinker. So he, does, he doesn't weigh split his fingers. He narrowly splits his, splits his fingers. He throws it. He can throw it 101 miles an hour. So you're throwing a 101 mile an hour pitch that dives like a splitter. That is, you know, but that, that's just ridiculous. But yeah, you, anything. Okay, that wait, what timing, do we call? We're calling it a splinker. <laughs> we are. It's he. He came up with it. I didn't make that up. Yeah, it's not I a name. It. Yeah, but it's a combination. It's it's because he throws it so hard. It's hard to call it a splitter at 101 miles an hour. Yeah. But if you watch it, you would say, that looks like a splitter to me. It is an insane pitch. And you're right. Like, nothing is new in terms of the goal of the game. The goal of the game is to disrupt the hitter's timing. We know how to do it a little more through science and whatever. But old-time guys disrupted timing, too. And we're coming back to a lot of that stuff. Like, they had a lot of it right. We're just now being able to replicate it a little more. All right. So, uh, next time I do TV with Dave Stewart, I think it's on the 8th. I'm going to have someone film it. I'm going to go, Dave, we got a new pitch. It's called the Splinker. I can't wait to get his reaction, and I'm going to send it to you. Oh, absolutely. And show him show him what in 100 and, like, I think it's one of the filthiest pitches I saw all yeah. year. I mean, it's crazy. And and he may freak out about it. Like, it's it's downright, you know, it's a deadly pitch. I, I, I'm just going to start saying it and see what people's reactions are. <laughs> hey, he threw a hell of a Splinker. I can't wait. Stuart will just, he'll just stare at you with that mean look. Oh, he'll be angry. He gets yeah. angry and he's a black belt. And you just, it, 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 it won't end well. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, when you start looking at Cy Young Award now, and I'm thinking about specifically the National League. I know Steele's going tonight. Uh, how, how are we going to look with such a lack of production? Like, it's great to see what guys stuff and all this unbelievable things guys can do with the baseball now. But still, I need innings. I need people to go deep in games. I, I How are we going to look long-term, do you think, at the pitching awards when we're getting far less volume than we've ever had before? Yeah, I think you're going to have to kind of average. Like, I love what Sandy Alcantara did last year, putting up good numbers for a lot of innings. That's the ideal thing. Like he was both a throwback pitcher and a new age pitcher. And, and he started to do it again, by the way. He's kind oh, of he's, he's, Stella's yeah. got her groove back. Oh, yeah. And he and he never should have lost it. Like that dude is a stud. Um, you know, it's hard to say. You have to, you do want innings. And and being good over a longer haul is more valuable to your team and a more valuable pitcher than someone that is good over a short period of time, unless they're really, really good over a short period of time. I think there's a higher hurdle for a guy that throws less, that throws fewer innings. Um, not to say you shouldn't win it if you throw fewer innings, but you've got to really impress me um, to do it versus a guy that throws more innings and also puts up good numbers. Talking about impressing you, like, what do we got tonight? We got, like, we got a ton of games. There's going to be thousands of pitches thrown tonight. 
and you're going to watch probably hundreds of pitches, and you do it every single day. At this point, what impresses you now that you've seen so much? What makes you go, oh, wow? You know, to me, there's some some of these rookies out there are incredibly good. So those guys, like seeing guys get called up, who have live arms and are throwing just filthy stuff, that always impresses me. Um, And then you have guys – you know, the off the charts guys, like I mentioned, Duran, who, who the splinker, he also throws a curveball at 90 miles an hour that dies and has hit 105 this year. So guys like that, I drop everything and, and I'll watch that. And then just, you know, it depends. Like I like guys who are crafty as well. I mean, give me if Kyle Hendricks is on a roll. I love watching that too. Like it just, it totally depends. Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to get people out. There's no question. I've been talking about this. I don't think enough people are talking about this because we're so enthralled by velocity. um, And we just don't know why guys' elbows give out. We just don't know. There's not an orthopedic surgeon. There's no one that's come out. And there's no trainer. There's no medical. There's no study that someone says, you do this, you will get hurt. But we have an alarming rate of Tommy John surgeries going from big leagues to minor leagues to college to high school, these kids. And I've been trying to, and I think you would agree, because I know you've been around youth baseball. Surgery is not a good thing. It is not a good option. For some reason, people are accepting it like, oh, you know, you'll just get Tommy John. Whenever you get cut on what it does to you physically, what it does to you mentally, it's a year of your life of rehab and trying to get back. I just hate that everybody sees this now as like some easy option. Um, To me, it's almost kind of cruel we're setting people up for this. They got to know that surgery and multiple Tommy Johns, this is not good for your life. Are you starting to worry? Because I know we love the velocity. We love pushing our bodies to the max. But the amount of guys that continue that we only hear of, we're not hearing about all the other guys, especially at the youth level, that are having the issues. Are you worried about this? I mean, you have to worry about it. I mean, watching players go through it and talking to them as they go through it, as a fan, you're sitting there going, oh, he'll be back in 18 months. But the stuff that they have to go through to get back, the disappointment, the being out of the game, the not being around their friends in the clubhouse, the everything, it's 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 definitely tough. I don't know the answer to it. If I did, I'd be rich. Um, rich. Yeah. You'd be I mean, filthy rich. I would be. And there is, but the issue also is it's hard to tell pitchers. To, it's hard to tell a competitor to back off. You don't tell, I mean, you're not going to tell a, anybody like a basketball player. Don't jump as high or run as fast or, or wide, wide out. You know, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to catch a ball over the middle. Cause I might get a concussion. They do this stuff. Um, it's, 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 it's one of the prices, unfortunately for sport, but even some of the slower throwing guys though, can get Tommy John, just because you throw slow and you're a command guy doesn't mean you're not going to get it. I don't think we know the answer. Um, you know, we said pitch counts and all that, which I have lowered it a little bit, but there's other, there's also a thing about conditioning your arm to make sure it doesn't get hurt and throwing a little more sometimes because it helps build up the muscles around your arm to protect the ligaments. So there's no one size fits all answer, unfortunately. Billy Bean said, anybody who figures it out will be a billionaire. Maybe he and I should get into it and try to figure this out. I mean, seriously, I mean, I know the pitching ninja thing's going great for you, but I don't, wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather be a billionaire? 
I would way rather be a billionaire. Yeah. I'd still probably do this stuff. Imagine what, can you imagine the amount of fun you get? See, like people go, oh, money doesn't cure problems. Yeah. We'd still have problems, but boy, we could have a lot of fun with those problems. Yeah. I'd I'd care a little bit less about my problems. No doubt. (laughs) You got anything new coming out? What, what, what's what, what? Cause you always have something going on. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. I don't know. Like during the season, it's tough. I'm interviewing Greg Maddox on Thursday. How's that? That's what? pretty cool. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I just just confirmed it. How good is that? It's pretty darn good. Like, I mean, I don't know if you see this. There's this art on the back, and it's like 100 Greg Maddox baseball cards underneath it. It's above my glowing ninja over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be fun. And maybe we'll ask him some of these questions about, like, velocity. Ver- I mean, I'm going to ask him that, right? You have to velocity over movement over over command and see what he says you know he i can tell you listen to so many interviews he he stopped chasing velocity that's yep. when he got better but obviously the game was a little bit different maddox is interesting because he's a slow talker always remember that you're not going to get like these he's not a fast-paced guy maddox is a i got to meet maddox at the las vegas school of baseball when i was an instructor years ago Got to talk to him, got to listen to him, talk to the the camp because, you know, he's a Las Vegas guy. He's absolutely fascinating, and he's funnier than hell. He's one of the sneakiest funny guys in the history of the game. Yeah, and that's what I want to dig into. Like, I want to get him – I mean, that's my interview style anyway, right? Like, I like the – I don't want to hear myself talk because I know what I say. I want to hear – I want to hear him talk. Key is to get him going, right? Like, I got to yeah. figure out a way to to get him to start talking. Where is it? Where can we see this? Could the, the full interview? It will be on my YouTube channel when it comes out. And again, haven't done it yet. Don't know if it's going to be good or not. Cause I do have that same concern about like getting him to open up a little bit, but I told him to bring a baseball. We're going over pitch grips. We're going, we're going yeah. deep into this. And uh, my hope is that it's going to be really good. Well, you need to let us know so we can promote it and make sure we get as many eyeballs on this thing as possible. Absolutely. Like he's on the Mount Rushmore of guys I wanted to. I interviewed uh, Nolan Ryan in the offseason too, which was a lot of fun. Talk about opposites, right? Like Nolan Ryan, one of the hardest throwing pitchers ever. You could say the hardest throwing pitcher ever if you want to. Um, And then you have Greg Maddox, who's just a pitching artist. And to contrast them, very different. Well, I I was talking about the other day. and, and, And when Shohei went down, and we've had so many guys go down lately, I said, hey, there's only one guy. In the history of the game, who's gone full throttle for over 20 years? There's only one. It's an old Ryan. Because everybody's body somehow, like even Randy Johnson, who didn't have arm problems, his back. Randy Johnson had big time back problems. Roger Clemens kind of lost it, PEDs. There's one guy that brought it for over 20 years. And you think of all the thousands of pitchers, only one guy's been able to do it. That's Nolan Ryan. Yeah, and then, well, his UCL finally gave out, but he was like 45 years old. 26 so. years in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's going to happen when you're throwing 90-something at that age. Like, it's good. Let's call it a career. You're not going to be doing that when you're 50 or something like that. But I do. Can you imagine, when you look back on that, and I know we got to go, but give it, you look back on that, can you imagine you're 46 years old, still playing baseball with guys who are like 22, 23? I mean, how odd, just how odd would that be? Yeah. Like you started your career and the dude wasn't born yet. It is, it is crazy. And, you know, and 
he's one of those guys. I don't think he got got caught up in the the newest things. He just did what he was going to do. Although he invented stuff, like he was the first dude who was in the weight room pumping iron. Everybody said you're going to get too big to throw and stuff. He was ahead of his time on a lot of things. Oh my God! He'd like finish his outing. And then he'd go work out. The press hated. No, they loved him because he's a great guy. But the press hated, like, you literally had to wait around for an hour after the game because he was going to work out for an hour. He'd get on the bike. He'd lift weights. And then he'd come out and talk to the media. So you had to wait an entire hour after the final out. Nobody ever did that. Hey, uh, we got to pimp the merch here. Where can we get the merch? Head on over to PitchingNinja.com, and we can get you can get a cool hat like ours. I'm telling, I've, I've been saying it for years. We have the uh, coffee mug. There's so many things you have for a baseball fan. And before now that college football's here, we can start thinking about the fall, then, you know, Christmas. And you always think about, hey, I need to get somebody a gift. I'm telling, I love wearing my Pitching Ninja hat. I told you at a football game one time, some kid goes, Pitching Ninja. So people know, and I guarantee you, you go to the website, you're going to love getting a gift for somebody, and they'll truly appreciate it. Hey, all the best. Love your work. Love what you do. And uh, let's do this again soon. And I can't wait. Make sure you let us know when the Maddox interview goes down so we can promote it. Will do. Absolutely. And thanks for having me again. Hey, I love me some Pitching Ninja. His merch is sweet, too. It's a good-looking lid. I switched lids, had to go to Link Soul for the show. Don't you still have the hat out here, though? I have it out here. We have the tumbler back there that he gave us. The ca- the Telling you, shirts, they got it all. If you, if, if you have somebody who's a big baseball fan, get them some, get them some uh, Pitching Ninja merch. They got everything, sweatshirts, shirts, hats. They've got, I mean, he's got wine glasses. <laughs> he's got everything. Yeah, we have the coffee mug back there. Coffee mug, yeah. You name it. We got it. We got it. I use the other one for golf. Smart. Because I'm like a ninja out there. Uh, come, where, where are we? I've lost track. we got about 10 minutes, Salino. Yeah, we got to get into this uh, Justin Steele, who's got the best ERA plus in baseball. ERA, and then we factor in ballpark and opponents and all that stuff. ERA plus. 100, anything above 100. He's number one at 163. Plus 163. But his stuff plus is below average. Can you get people out at a, at a really high high rate with bad stuff? How's that possible? I never actually looked at stuff plus leaderboard on fan graphs. See where he, where he ranks. Did you say he was last? Who? Steele. I don't know where he. Oh, we'll see. I know he's number ninety. I know he's ninety six. His rank is not his rank. His number is ninety six hundred. So it means he's below. I thought if you got people out, you had good stuff. Where do you find stuff plus on here? I know it's on here somewhere. Hard hit. I'll find it. But that is a interesting series. There, there. I mean, if you look around, you look around. We've got some great matchups right now. And kicking off already. By the way, the Angels, they're losing right now to the Phillies 6-4. to The Phillies have just been hitting bombs. Well, the Phillies, I mean, who's on? The Angels have any players up. They got rid of everyone. Phillies are very, very impressed. They had to make a ton of moves just to have players. Uh, Arizona, L.A., interesting series. 
Cincinnati, San Francisco, obviously. This Chicago-Milwaukee, they're in the middle of the first. They're at zeros. Huge series. These are all playoff implications. You know what? If they lose again tonight, Cora left that poor guy out there last night. He got hammered. But the Houston Astros, the Houston Astros, they've racked up 39 runs on 57 hits over the last three days. If Houston, they have a chance to become the sixth team in the integration era of 1947 to collect at least 70 hits in four games. 70 hits in four games. Too many for the cycle. 70 hits in four games. You're That's a, pretty unbelievable. Your leader in Stuff Plus on Fangraphs is Reds pitcher Graham Ashcraft. Then Spencer Strider, Kyle Bradish of the Orioles, Corbin Burns pitching right now against Justin Steele and Garrett Cole. Uh, Steele is uh, 30th at 99. So how can you have – so how does a guy who get, gets outs better than everybody else not considered a guy that has good stuff? Fascinating question. I mean, what's he just throwing slop up there? <laughs> you put snot on the Here. Uh, he's lefty here. Just hit it. Uh, oh, I lucked out. It just go. It always goes to a fielder every time. Are you gonna tell me if you have an ERA plus of one sixty three, that it's just luck? That's just luck. I mean, you're, if you're saying his stuff plus isn't any good, that means he's doesn't that he doesn't have good. I mean, he's a major league pitcher. He doesn't have good stuff. He's thirtieth. Uh, he's in the top thirty, but it's. I, I think Eno scale works on it like 100. So what would team. Tom Glavin's stuff be? I mean, he won 300 games. You think he's got pretty decent stuff, or would he be below stuff plus? Hey, I don't know. What about what about Maddox? Yeah, I wouldn't even. I you couldn't even pitch him. I'm looking at the leaderboard. Uh, Ashcraft throws hard. Um, Strider throws hard. I, I don't. I haven't watched Bradish enough to see how hard he throws. Corbin Burns throws hard. Garrett Cole throws hard. Uh, Otani throws hard. Cease throws hard. Alcantara throws hard. Darvish and Wheeler all throw hard. You so, say Kikuchi throws hard. So, essentially, you have to throw hard to have be good at stuff plus. Framber Valdez is on that list. Yeah, he doesn't throw hard. But can you be a guy that's 89-90 and you just carve and slice and dice people and be on that list? Trying to look and see who else is. Gossman, he throws hard. Snell really doesn't, does he? He's yeah, like mid nineties. Snell gets it up yeah. there. Hunter Brown for a left-hander throwing yeah. ninety-five. Yeah, Gallon, Gallon Keller does. Peralta does. George Kirby doesn't walk anyone. It's fourteen walks this year in like hundred and fifty innings. It's pretty pretty impressive what he's done for the the Mariners. There's those are the guys that are leading and stuff. Plus, over in bottom of the first, Burns has already gotten one on one out. How'd you guys still doing the first? How many hits is one? You're talking about a guy who's 14 and 9 with a 2.79 ERA. 14 and 3. What'd I say? 9. 14 <laughs> and 3 with a 2.79, a 1.18 whip. He was an all-star too, right? I mean, are you going to tell me that's I mean, how's he doing it if he doesn't have stuff? He was an all-star, yeah. Okay, I thought he was. So, what does he have? How's, how how is he doing this without stuff? Jesus, take the witch. Just throws that's, it that's, like, please get people out. Please let the ball release. Please. That's FIP. That's fielding, fielding independent pitching. <laughs> An ex-FIP. 
Because I found out today, I didn't know this. I found out today, and I, I told you. Baseball Reference uses ERA plus when they're evaluating WAR. Fangraphs uses FIP instead of ERA plus or ERA. Yeah, ERA plus. I I, I gotta I, I need to confirm with Eno. Release point, velocity, vertical and horizontal movement, and spin rate is what stuff plus is. This is Eno's baby that Fangraphs has taken on. We gotta we gotta see if you know what he gets out of that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's generally the model aims to capture the nastiest pitches in baseball. Do you have the Do you have to have the nastiest pitches in baseball to get outs? I don't think necessarily. I don't know. I mean, there's guys that don't throw hard, like Kyle Hendricks. He gets guys out. Well, he did. He isn't. Oh, there's been a lot of guys who don't throw hard and get people out. Well, I'm talking about the age now of velocity. Not everybody throws hard. It's true, yeah. And we've watched a few guys come in, throw hard, and get ripped all around the ballpark. Fact. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Hey, he's throwing 97. He can't get anybody out. Who's the guy that uh, – Major league pitchers versus minor league throwers – as Scott Emerson likes to say. Who, oh, it was, uh, it was Yuxo Rios comes in. Remember before that we found out about the hand, the tingling and all that? He he was throwing hard, but he couldn't get anybody out. Uh, Aaron Judge, I will give him this. Have they started yet? Probably. They're on, it's the Yankees. And they're probably they're probably on TV somewhere. Do, 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 oh, no, the TBS do. game is Bre- Brewers. Uh, oh, it's yeah, they're in the seventh. Did Judge go deep? As Aaron Judge goes deep, because if he has – no, he has not. Aaron Judge in 806 career games. I like Aaron Judge. That's the one thing. Ripping the I like Aaron Judge. I think he's great for our game. He's got 249 career homers. One more, he'll be the fastest guy to 250 career home runs by a lot. The fastest was Ryan Howard at 855. That's faster than anybody in the history of the game. And I got a feeling that big boy is going to play DH sometime, and he could play for a long time. Because he's what? He's already 30, right? He hasn't touched yeah, the... he's a college guy. Yeah. Fresno State. I will not hold that against him. Was he there when they won? No, he wasn't there when they won the national title, was he? That was after him. I don't know. Uh, Judge is 31. He'll be 32 in April. He's going to hit over 500 home runs. Easy. Barring injury. I was just, I'll qualify it saying, got to stay healthy. Giancarlo Stanton has taught us all that. Coming up next, Eno Saris from The Athletic, our national baseball writer right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Streaming from the A's Road studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. When are we back home? Uh, Friday? Friday. Angels in town. Well, they don't have anybody left. The Angels are in town. Hey, who's on that team now? Maybe we'll see Joe Adele back. Joe Adele, the greatest... Four-year prospect of all time. He's. I mean, it's. They really don't have. I mean, they really don't have anyone. They after all the moves they made today. But Eno Saris could be playing for the Angels this weekend. Well, let's bring him in. All right. And then I'll, let me hold on. Hello. Let me get his. Let me get his open. Go ready. play it. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight tap room locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno Saris, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can predict the starting lineup for the Angels this Friday against the Athletics. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call up the prospects list real quick. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> Who's you know, on their team? An underrated aspect of this is uh, they just opened up a bunch of 40-man spots to claim the guys that are going to get dropped from the other teams when they have to make their claims. <laughs> so they may end up starting, you know, the people that the Reds and Giants have to, you know, drop from their teams in order to, to claim their players. And what's interesting, and I understand why they're doing it, because a lot of people are like, I can't use trade for these guys. Well, you want to get under whatever part of the luxury tax they're going to be able to get under. Well, Cody, which one was it? Which Because there's four of them. Which one? The 233, I believe, is what they're trying to get Yeah, under. so they're trying to get – so when they first did it, I went, what are they doing? Now I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's a – there are, you know, degrees of penalties the further you go into the luxury tax. And – you know, this difference between having to pay like, you know, the next free agent, you know, 60 percent uh, for every dollar over the luxury tax apron versus 30 percent. So it can be millions of dollars if they're going to make a free agent signing next year. Uh, and so, you know, it's a it's a big deal for them. It's not just the money they're saving now. But I think it's also interesting. There's something about the market where. You know, there are other teams that have dropped players today. Carlos Carrasco uh, was put on waivers, Harrison Bader. Um, I, I think there's a couple things going on here. One is if we move the trade deadline later, some of those guys would have been traded. If we move the trade deadline later, the Yankees would have been sellers, I think. Um, that's what they're saying with this. And then two, rentals, rental players without years of team control have such little value that I don't think this will necessarily tank their value in the marketplace. You know, they didn't get much. You didn't get much for a rental player anyway. So now a team could say, well, what if I wait two weeks and you just put them on waivers because you don't want to pay him? I'll just wait till you put them on waivers and try to get them then. That's interesting. You bring up the trading deadline because we got away from the waiver process, right? So after the trading deadline, you could put it through a guy through waivers. Someone should, could claim them. You could still work out a deal. But we took that away because we wanted the suspense for the trading deadline, maybe just yep. maybe, and I wonder how front office people would feel because right now the front office people feel like everything's being rushed at them, right? You've got the All-Star weekend, now with the draft, right after the draft, you have the trading deadline. It's like too much for these front offices. Do you think if we asked a lot of front office guys, said, hey, listen, we're not we're not changing the draft at the All-Star break. We like how it is. It's good to promote the game. We get that. Do you think front offices would actually like the trading deadline 
to be a little bit later more into August? I think from a, a life balance standpoint, I think so. I mean, it is a grueling moment there because you don't, it's not like you just prepare for the week before the draft. You have to pair weeks before the draft. And so you're talking two, three, four weeks of getting all of your information on the same place to the same people to make these decisions, doing draft boards, all this stuff, not much sleep. You go into the, the, the uh, all-star break, you do the draft. And literally I was talking to analysts that were like, yeah, and tomorrow we start working on the trade deadline. You know, if you pushed it back forward, uh, back into uh, August, I think you would do two things. You would allow them to maybe take a break sometime after the draft, maybe take a few days off. Also, uh, let more teams know what where they are and if they are buyers or sellers. And I think that's that can be important. You might actually get more trades from it if you push it deeper into the into the offseason because there'd be more people that knew they were sellers and knew they were buyers. Who else do you think you mentioned the Yankees? Who else do you think maybe flipped the switch and would have been more of a seller if we would have done it later? I wonder if the Mets would have sold more players, you know, if they've just, if they've been given more time. Um, I wonder, you know, if the, I don't know. I wonder if you might lose some buyers too. You might've lost the, the angels as buyers. <laughs> Uh, if you if you waited longer. So th- it might be about the same. But I think in terms of work-life balance, you bring up a good point. Would Soto be a Padre? Uh, yes, it's it's only gotten worse in San Diego. Right? So, you know, I don't I don't know about that. Uh, but I also think that uh, this is pre you uh, Darvish uh, being hurt, um, you know, that the, the focus for San Diego was next year. With you uh, Darvish, you know, looking at going to the doctor that uh, gave him his last Tommy John, you're starting to look at two or three big holes. I mean, Seth Lugo's going to opt out. Even Michael Walker might opt out. They may have one starting pitcher in San Diego uh, next year. And so they're going to have a hard time building to, to make a team next year without trading a, a bat. Out of all the guys that are leaving their teams as of today, who do you think will play the biggest role down the stretch when they get picked up. I know Lucas Giolito has given up a bunch of homers in Anaheim since he was traded, but homers are basically the biggest source of noise when you're evaluating a pitcher that can just be, you know, a bad couple of starts. I think, you know, even if a team just used him for three or four innings, they could really use someone of his quality. And I also, uh, the other one for me is Reynaldo Lopez that's a guy who can close. I mean, just adding a guy who has closer type ability to your seventh or eighth inning, uh, that can make a big difference down the stretch into the playoffs. So those are my two favorites. I just think about Baltimore. Baltimore should be on the phone right away with this guy. Yeah, they're definitely going to be claiming. The problem with Baltimore is their record is too good. So the Giants are going to get first dibs. The Marlins are going to get there first. And so you may see... Uh, teams like the Giants, Marlins, um, you know, the Cubs, they may be big, uh, uh, big on the waiver wire and they may not, none of those guys may get all the way to the top. Harrison Bader also may be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. So, you know, for somebody, if there's a team out there looking for somebody right-handed who can really play defense and center, that could be important too. Just interesting. These names all of a sudden on the market and, what you gotta you gotta be on the roster. What what is the effective date now? You have to be on the roster to be postseason eligible. Ooh, has that changed? That's, it used to be September first, right? It, it it used to be September first. I I think with the twenty with the forty eight hours, they might still be able to sneak in on that one. But um, 
Yeah, that's also interesting. Like, you know, how many teams made it this far and kept two to four to six million dollars in their coffers for this season? Uh, you know, mostly GMs like to use every cent that they're given, you know, <laughs> so who who still has that money? The if you wanted to claim all of the the players that the Angels just put on waivers today, it would cost you around eight million dollars uh, the rest of the season. So I actually don't think any one team is going to make all that many claims. I think each team will pick, you know, two guys to claim and uh, put two or three million dollars on the table for it. All right. I read your article today. You want to talk about luck? Yeah, old, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Old lady luck, your article today reminded me of this. <laughs> the old Indiana Jones theme. And I want to tell you why it reminded me of Indiana Jones, because we know Indiana Jones is always searching for something great, right? He's the lost ark, the holy grail, and he's battling Nazis, he's battling bad people. He's out there battling to find the answer at the very end. That's what your article reminded me of today. And you know what? The answer may, in the end, you may not exactly find what you're looking for, because if you remember in the first one, when they found the Ark, and then you were told not to look at the Ark, because if you looked at the Ark, it burned your face off. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I found it interesting, like part of your article today, when we talked about, hey, one-run games. Well, Seattle's been king of one-run games the past couple of years, not this year. Can we find a correlation? Do we say it's good bullpens? Well, sometimes teams don't have good bullpens, but they're good ones. It's like it's tough to really track down the exact answer because we're dealing with human beings, and year to year, everything can just be completely different. So is there really yeah, I think, luck? You know, I I think there's a really interesting thing about one run games too, which is uh, think about how one run games happen. They happen in so many different ways. Yeah. So you can't just say that a bullpen saves a one run game. There are games where a bad bullpen leads, leads to a one run win, right? Yeah. If you're winning four to nothing and the bullpen gives up three runs and you win four to three, that was a bad bullpen, not a good bullpen. <laughs> you know? So like, you know, a good offense could lead to a one run game. You're, you're zero, zero. And you know, they finally scratch through in the ninth and it's the offense, you know, whatever. So, you know, the one run games are a really interesting thing because there's so much noise in them and the Padres are the worst team in baseball by one run games, but there's not really obvious as to why that would be. If you look at their team, they have Josh Hader. They have a pretty good bullpen. They have pretty good pieces. You know, like why would they be terrible at one run games? Bob Melvin used to be the king of one run games. He used to be the greatest manager. Everyone used to say, oh, this is the guy that can, they can manage a bullpen. He can do this and do that. And all of a sudden the Padres are worse. So I would say that if you're a Padres fan, there's like, you know, there's a little bit of hope in that, which is, you know, maybe next year they won't, have as as poor luck in one run games um but the the, the flip side is uh how do you uh, think about that when you're building a team i say i would say that's just one thing you can't think about the other one that other source of luck that maybe you can think about and i think is is really interesting is injuries yeah and you know we've been talking a lot about how the rays leaned in and they said, no, we don't care. We're just going to acquire all these guys that have injury risk, and we're just going to have so many of them so that when, you know, they all get hurt, we got another guy. <laughs> you know, so we're just going to we're going to throw quantity at this and just have so many arms that, you know, if they get injured, they get injured. Uh, I think the Dodgers are a little bit like this because the Dodgers actually lead the league this year in injury games missed, and they don't they seem fine, you know. 
but you also have the Yankees are top three in injury games missed, and that's part of why they're bad, and they're the oldest lineup in baseball. So these things seem correlated. And this is why I kind of roll my eyes a little bit when a, when a manager says, a general manager says, I got to get younger. This is sort of why, because, you know, the only thing that we found to really reliably say anything about injury is age. You know, you and I know this. We get older. We get hurt more often. <laughs> fact. There's a fact. There's the hashtag fact. You know, it, uh, it was something that back in my days when I was doing the Warriors, you know, after Steph Curry fi- finally figured out his ankle issues and before Kevin Durant got hurt, the Warriors went on a great run of really not having bad injuries. And that was a huge part of their success and just injuries you don't know. And what, what I was thinking about with your article is, like, it's very tough to be able to say year to year, why does a team win? You might say, this team wins because of A, B, and C. Well, this team wins because of X, Y, and Z. And like like one run games like they you there's so many different ways to be good right yeah it flips it flips all the time so it's like I understand so so talk about the premise of teams are lucky this is how you can kind of look at why a team's lucky even though it won't carry year to year but why would a team how do you look at it and you say okay the Orioles this season are lucky why. They've outperformed. They've won in one-run games. They've been healthier than anybody else, and all of their young guys have been better than projected. And that's another uh, thing of luck is, you know, you can say, I want to get younger, but the Cleveland Guardians are the youngest team in baseball, and they're not good. (laughs) So the the A's are are one of the youngest teams in baseball, and they've had a tough year. So you you, want to be good and young. You want to have a good bullpen. You want to have a good starting rotation. You want to have all the things, you know? And I think that the, my main lesson from sort of studying luck is this. And I, I, I lost a really high-profile argument one time with Dave Cameron, I think. And uh, Dave Cameron, who now works for the Mariners, and I were having a disagreement about whether or not what the uh, Marlins did back in the day made sense. And so the Marlins, they built a team they won the World Series, and then they completely destroyed the team. And then they built a team, they won the World Series, and they destroyed a the team. They're the only team that has won a World Series that has never won their division. You know, <laughs> So, like, the Marlins pump and dump thing, I said, I, I said, that makes sense. When they were in, they were all in, and when they were out, they were all out. Why doesn't that make sense? And he said, and this is important, I think, this is where the luck comes in. His piece said, if we think, if you think your team this year will win 85 games, the amount of luck that goes into a season, your, your starters get injured or they don't get injured, you win the one-run games, you don't, all this stuff, the amount of luck that goes into the season, the error bars on that team projection, if you think you're going to win 85 games this year as a team, you could win 95 or you could win 75, and that wouldn't make, your projections wouldn't have been wrong. That's all within the scope of luck. So that's how much luck is in the game in any given season. The Padres were probably an, a 90-win team going into the season. They've had such crap luck that they're going to end, end up with 78 wins. And that doesn't mean they weren't a 90-win team. It just means that all the luck went in the wrong direction for them. You know what I mean? So the upset, the, 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 the kind of the, the end of the argument was, if you're a team, build to be good. You know, build to be good every year. Try to be good every year and ride the luck when you've got it. And, and, and sell when you don't, you know, and, but don't, but always try to be making the team better. And one team that's like this, I think is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been a team that always tries to build a decent team. The A's for a long time have been like this, you know, 
Bill to try and win 86, 88 wins, you know, acquire players at the deadline and win 90 and get in. Uh, or if they're bad, sell. You know, that's been the A's thing for a long time. And I think it's the right way to think about it because even no matter what you think of how good your team is, there's going to be a, a large amount of luck in any given season. Do you get credit alone or is there someone else who helped you with Stuff Plus? Uh, Max Bay, uh, who now works for the Astros, and I uh, developed that together. And, you know, it's a culmination of a lot of different analysts work on that. But, yeah, Max Bay and I put made that together. Okay, so I can't just say it's you, well, because I want to give everybody credit. Yeah, well, he's he works for a team now, so he doesn't necessarily want his name out. He's there, so out, he can, then he's yeah, out. Yeah, just put my. He, he's a silent partner now. Just put my <laughs> name on. <it. laughs> uh, when Stuff Plus comes up on like MLB Network, how proud are you? I, I I mean, it's been ten years of work. I've been working on that. I've been working on the concepts behind Stuff Plus for ten years. Uh, and also, you know, it validates some of the uh, crap I have to get. Honestly, I have to get crap all the time. You know, I have to get crap from Max Scherzer, who's yelling at me about how Stuff Plus doesn't capture his pitchability and his moxie. I have to get crap from, you know, users saying I made up a, another stupid stat. You know, I have to get crap from, uh, you know, people saying, oh, well, why doesn't it say Graham Ashcraft has great stuff? Why isn't he good? You know, so. You know, there's a lot of uh, of work that went into it, a lot of crap getting, and uh, yeah, so I will claim a little bit of pride when I when I see it used like that. I like it. Um, I like it because you caught crap. You're proud of it. All right. So <laughs> this is what Fangraph says: release point, velocity, vertical and horizontal movement, and spin rate. Generally, the model aims to capture the nastiest pitches in baseball. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's the physical characteristics of the pitches. Okay, so definitely that's how I describe it. So when they put up today on MLB Network, I found this interesting. Since we are having you on, it's like perfect. They had they had Strider and Justin Steele. Steele, who's going right now against the uh, against the Brewers. Cubs are up one nothing against the Brewers. So Spencer Strider has a stuff plus of one thirty four. Steele is only ninety six. Yeah, um, and I think that it doesn't just it does a good job describing those two pitchers. I do think because Spencer Strider has two pitches and he's just trying to outstuff you. He's trying to throw that thing hard. He's trying to strike you out, and that's all he's trying to do. Steele, on the other hand, is a little bit more about command and placing the pitches. Uh, he's got softer stuff. He doesn't throw as hard. It's not he's not the same kind of pitcher. But it does bring up the fact that um, Stuff Plus is better with relievers than it is with starters, and part of it is that starters have an interesting interaction of their different pitches and, and their command um, that you can't always capture. There's no one stat, you know, in defensive stuff. Plus, there's no one stat that can tell you how good a pitcher is. There just isn't. You know, you could look at strikeout rates, strikeout minus walk, Sierra, FIP, ERA, doesn't matter. There's no one because starting pitching is really tough to think about. You have to think about they have three, four pitches. There's another guy who's just here in, in, playing the pitching last night for, for the, the Reds, Andrew Abbott. He has poor stuff plus. And I talked to Wilmer Flores. Why was why is he good? And I talked to Andrew Abbott. And I said, why are you good? And he said, I don't know. I have three good pitches. I have good command of them. I, I sequence it well. Like people don't I, I get takes on middle middle. Like it's always been this way. I get a lot of strikeouts and I can't tell you that it's because of this X, Y or Z. Uh, and I told him his pitches weren't extremely jiffable. Uh, and he didn't punch me, so uh, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why I brought it up is because if you've got 100 is what you're looking at, 
You want to be above 100, and Steele's 96, but he's the leader in ERA plus at 163. So he may not have the most electric stuff, but he's got great stuff that gets people out. That's what 163 ERA plus says, right? Yeah, but you look at the you look at the strikeouts. Strider has a ton more strikeouts. So what you what I would say is that Steele is a little bit more about location. And so we have a, another companion stat called Location Plus that looks at how good you are at placing the ball. Steel is better there than Strider. So I would say, you know, it's a classic sort of soft-tossing lefty, you know, who can place it versus your fire-breathing righty, you know? It's like, you know, it's, this is this is an argument we've had for years, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, hey, you got Randy Johnson and you got Tom Glavin. Both yeah, get exactly. it done in different yeah. ways, but you want both of them, right? Right, right. You know, and so I do think that's interesting. I know that there's a lot of uh, players, a lot of organizations that are optimizing for stuff loss and using it in player development. One big example you're going to see tonight, the Mariners, they have an internal stuff loss. It's very similar to mine. They use it to develop this rotation. Look at that rotation. Brian Wu and Logan Gilbert and and uh, uh, George Kirby. And, you know, it's a great rotation. Um, and stuff plus has been a big part of that. But they're not all the same. George Kirby's actually a little bit more about command, you know, and Brian Wu's a little bit more about stuff. And so, you know, you can't go all in on any one stat, you know, I think. I think that's that's the lesson. I think this self-less is really useful, and it's it's especially this. This is how I think it's the most useful. If you're developing a pitcher and you want to tell him, I want you to throw your curveball like this harder or with more sweep or with more drop, how do you do that? Well, you say... Your curveball stuff plus is 96. If you added two inches of drop to it, it would be 110. You know, you have to know what is good in order to coach people to make it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's great stuff. Hey, uh, we're going to do a a uh, a work field trip over to field work, by the way. Yes. We're going to do Let's a little. Do it. We're going to get we're going to get some of the fellows over there to field work. Uh and have a little powwow before the end of the season. Uh, we and got... listen on the radio. Listen on the radio soon. You might hear me. Uh, yeah, do you we might cut hear those me... spots yet? I want to hear do them soon. We're gonna do... I've been having internet problems at the house. All right. House Amigo. Uh, big series out there. You got teams fighting for their lives with the Giants and the Reds. Yeah, playoff implications here. And uh, two very different teams. Uh, but uh, it's, they've been good games. I'm not sure about Ellie Cruz's uh, – athleticism you might want to look at that with analytics i'm not sure he's that great of an i was athlete. just standing next to him man it's crazy how big he was he like six five yeah and then it's just also like it is one of those moments when you're kind of near a top top athlete and you just it makes you think about how less of an athlete you are <laughs> you're just like wow wow like you could like we could just be playing basketball and you could just pick it up and you would dunk on me that's oh that's yeah the kind of athlete you are and you're, <laughs> you're you're not that small how tall are you i'm six two and i still had that feeling next to him like oh my god you are the, the best athlete in this you room. know what though I, i'm putting my money on you one-on-one -on -one. i think you outthink him <laughs> yeah. he might be a better athlete but we're gonna outthink him we'll game plan it we're gonna game plan you to victory with your no, brilliant mind one-on-one one-on-one -on -one. -on -one. no, how am i gonna outthink him one -on -one? yeah i don't know we're gonna figure it out we're gonna outthink him and you i got my money on you my friend oh, all right i got my money on ellie dunking on me <laughs> Have a, have a good time at the ballpark. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for having me. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. I don't know, man. I, I kind of like it. Eno Ellie. The Eno Ellie one-on-one. E squared. E squared. He's reverse dunking on him. Oh, <laughs> he might go through the legs. He's taking him to the hole, baby. Why are you ca- – where, where, where are we on time? Mm, we got three minutes till pregame, so we should probably go. <sighs> That's uh, ace total access. Breath I just feel like run. we don't have enough time. Well, we're I, back Friday. I feel rushed. Back Friday. Day What's with, tomorrow? Day game. Day game tomorrow? And we're talking to a, a, a leader of men during the game. Oh. No, it's not Fran Reardon. Oh, a different leader of men in a game of football. We're talking to a football head coach tomorrow. Then off day Thursday, back Friday, Treehouse happy hour. David Force will be up there with us so far. We're back Treehouse on Friday? Yeah, we'll have Kotze. Like I gotta, it. I got I to reach out to Gooby and see if maybe we can tape something with him before because he's not going to call it the trail. Oh, we got to talk about uh, the Philly fanatic trying to woo Otani. We got to talk to uh, <laughs> our man Gooby about yeah, that. I'll, I'll get Gooby. Because you know who a Philly guy is. Gooby. Gooby's a yeah. Philly guy. Yeah. He's I'll, Philly through and through. I'll text him tomorrow and see if he can do it with us. Maybe we'll see th- how he thinks his Eagles are going to be this year. Him and Trouty's Eagles. Well, I'm glad that the Eagles go to the playoffs so Mike Trout can go to the playoffs. He always has a seat right there, front row. Shots fired. That's uh, fine. I, th- I think. I think. I don't think he's not heard that joke before. Yeah, that joke has been well played. <laughs> the pitching ninja, Eno Saris. We want to thank them for coming on Ace Cast Live. Coming up next, it's A's. It's Mariners. Game two of the three game set. Remember eight three three six two five two two seven eight. You can call me after the game on the A's Clubhouse Show. A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Next. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.